So one of the great uh, beauties of community life is that everybody is completely different. And I remember years ago at our priest retreat, there were 50 of us uh, there at the time. We have six, over 60 priests now, but at the time we'd, we, there, was, there were 50 of us. And one, one of the, my American brothers just remarked, he said, just look around, everybody is just completely different. Because, you know, you have the Italians who are kind of a bit more exuberant and flamboyant. Uh, you have the Americans who are just a little, you know, American. Great. Wonderful. And you have the, you know, the, the Germans and the Swiss and the Austrians. And then with, even within Austria, then you've got your, your mountain people from Tyrol and the, the people who consider themselves a little more upmarket because they're from the city. And all, all, you know, Slovaks and Russians and Africans. And yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, it was just, it, you would imagine, well, if we're all priests and we're all in the same community, we should all be the same, right? No, not even close. Not even close. And, and that, that can, that has, there's kind of two ways you can go with this. That can drive you mad. That can just drive you absolutely crazy. Why isn't everybody like me? Because if everybody was like me, <laughs> then everything would be whatever. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's great to see this as a gift rather than as something that drives you mad. When you look around, it just means then that, that there are people who have great attention to detail. There are people who have great attention to the bigger project. There are people who who maybe never see flowers put in a room ever, but like, uh, and then there are people who can just, you know, arrange them so meticulously and beautifully and really kind of lift the standard of it. Just, everybody's different. There are people who are very technical, people who are poetic. And you need all of this. We, you, like, you need this in a community. You need this in a community. Jenny, if we're all doing the same thing, then maybe everything will work, but look ugly. <laughs> But then there's no point having everything looking lovely but not working. <laughs> so, like, you need both. One of our, my brother, my priest brothers, uh, he's French and he, he's very French. He's actually really, really French. As in, uh, he loves wine and he loves cheese and he's an expert on both. Uh, and when he talks about either, uh, he, just, he can just talk for hours and hours just about grape juice and... Uh, uh, Dairy products, okay, whatever. Uh, but when he sits in a car, it's an experience. It's somewhere between um, a roller coaster and playing chicken with the oncoming traffic. And, and while doing that, you get to play bingo with the gears, right? So you're in second gear, into fifth, into second, into fifth. You know, sorry, there are gears in between. Can we use them? I'm, I'm, I'm more technically minded, so I can, I can even hear what he's doing without looking. I can, I can, you're skipping gears. Like it. And then he's wondering why the car is chugging, and then he's hard on the brakes because he's after, and then hard on the acceleration, and then, oh, this stupid car. It's like, not the car, mate. It's not the car. Yeah, car. Yeah. Uh, and, and as I said, these kind of things can, can drive you mad, or we can see them as a real gift. Uh, as I said, when, it came, when it came to other things, when it came to writing articles, he was absolutely fantastic. He was so, so eloquent. Uh, so, so it is with us here in Holy Family. To see the differences between us as, as, as a gift, even in a family family, to see the different strengths of people as a gift rather than uh, a cause for, for tension or antagonism. The differences between us can be a real gift. And if we, if we, if we see that, then it's, it's kind of freeing somehow. It also allows us to see the best in others. Because if we just see the differences, we will tend to see the failures of others, the flaws of others, the limitations of others, what, they can, what we can do, what they can't do. Because obviously we often, uh, we've only seen the world from our perspective. I've only seen the world from 
this head here. I've never been in any one of your heads. And sometimes I would actually really love to be in another person's head for a day. It must be amazing, I just noticed, to see the world from a different perspective. But I, I, only, I only know what it looks like from here. So I don't know what it looks like from uh, you know, uh, the, the perspective of a person who, who loves flowers. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the world looks like from that, that perspective. Uh, but so this is all I know. So it's good then to be able to see, yeah, but other people see things differently, and that's a good thing. That's a blessing. It's a blessing that, see, that people see things differently. So when we hear today's reading, Job is having a bit of a discussion. Uh, we have a couple of uh, feast days coming up, so we won't hear the full story. I think we're back to Job on Saturday, but it's an optional reading. Uh, so we know the story of Job. So it starts off with Job having everything. He's a rich man, big family, lots of camels, flocks, houses, all, all good, all good. Uh, and Satan then says, well, he only has, he only, he's only a, a, a faithful man. He's only faithful to you because he has, all of the, he has everything he wants. Take these from him and he will curse you. And God says, let it be so. So he, he loses uh, all of his wealth and his family. And this is the, the test then, if you will. Will he curse God? Will he curse? Will he turn against God? Will he rebel against God because God has taken the material things from him? So in this reading, he's struggling today. Uh, he's saying, but he's saying, indeed, I know it is as you say, how can a man be right against God? So how can, how can I have an opinion different to God, God's, and be right? You know, if, if, if the Lord has a certain way of doing things or a certain plan or desire or if God has an opinion that's such an awful way of phrasing it but if God has an opinion right that things should be this way how on earth could I have a different opinion and be right you know this is this is what Job is 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 uh, observing here I remember hearing from a sister friend of mine she said you know I'm I'm married to the Lord you know which is great it's absolutely wonderful but it means if there are any marital disagreements I'm never in the right you know I can't be right you know uh and, it's, and, and so it is, the, the, the point of, of the book of Job, it asks this, it implicitly asks this question of the, the meaning of suffering. Like why would God allow these things? Why would God allow pain and suffering in the world? Like, why evil? And, and the answer isn't exactly clear. As in, it doesn't say, God allow, allows evil because. But the answer is, it comes in in a kind of an indirect way. What the, answer is, what the answer is, is that God knows what he's doing. That's the answer, basically. That God knows what he's doing. That his, his, his opinion, his way of doing things might be different to mine. But God knows what he's doing. God has an eternal plan. God has a, a, a vision like of uh, all things that have happened, all that's going on now, and all that will happen at the same time. He sees everything in a constant now. So there is no kind of time for God as in before, during, after. That's not how God sees time. For him, everything is just simply present. You can just see it all at the same time. So you can never ask the question, did God know? Of course, will God know? Does God know what's going to happen? It's, for him, it effectively has already happened. He sees all of time simultaneously. Where we see time in a linear fashion where we have a now, we have a past, and we have a future. Future hasn't come yet. Past is stuck. And the now never really exists because as soon as you say now it becomes past so uh, all we have is is, is an, a non-existent now 
bit philosophical, but there you go. All we have is today. That's maybe an easier way of phrasing it. All we have is today. I, all I have to work with is, is, is these next couple of hours to do all the good I can do before I hopefully sleep again. Uh, so, whereas for God, it's, it's all present. So God, God knows. So God, yes, can be different to us. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> right? He's, he thinks differently to us. Uh, he, sees, he sees a much bigger picture and he sees the much, much more important things. And, and this, this is difficult for us to get our heads around because obviously we've only known this world, we've only known this life. And so for us, like certain things are very, very important, like you know, food and rest and shelter and uh, jobs and you know, a bit of fun as well. There's not nothing wrong with it. Uh, these things are, are very, very important to us. And for God, they are too, but the greatest good, or the greatest goods, if you will, the greatest good or the greatest goods are those that will never pass. The greatest good is heaven. The greatest good is being with him forever. So it's worth sacrificing any of those things if it helps us get to heaven. And in, in, God's, in God's mind, this makes perfect sense. In ours, in theory, I think it does too. We just don't like when it actually happens to us as when something is actually taken away. When we read, was it yesterday or the day before, from, from Job, the Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's, again, I, I think we get the idea. We like the idea. The idea makes sense. God knows what he's doing and he's pruning and we can use all of this lovely religious vocabulary and it's all fine until it actually happens to us. It's all fine until something is taken away from me. And then... Then there can be an emptiness. There can be a sadness. There can be even, then this is like, this is the devil's playground then. When he sees some sort of a, you know, deprivation, something taken from us. And immediately he'll jump in and say, ah, see, God doesn't care. See, he gave you that thing just to take it away from you. And he's teasing you. He gives you something and says, no, you can't have it. So it's typical, this this would be a typical diabolical temptation to blame God for everything that goes wrong. So yeah, God's, God's ways are not our ways. God's, God's vision of, of, of our souls, of the world, of the future, of how all things should be, it's different to ours. And that's a good thing. Because he does know what he's doing. So, as we, we hear the words of Job, how can a man be at right, be in the right against God? As we hear these words, we ask for that humility and simplicity of heart. That when things are, are good, that we, we glorify him, we praise him, we thank him for everything. And when things are not going well, when things feel a bit, uh, maybe a bit sad or a bit empty or lonely, that in those days as well, we praise the name of the Lord. In those days, we're able to say as well, Lord, you have given, you have taken away, and I bless your name. Because I know that you are good. I know that you have a plan. And I know that all things will turn, you can turn all things to the good for those who love you. If I love you and if I trust you, you can turn even this sadness or loss or whatever it may be. You can turn all of this to the good. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. So we ask the Lord today to increase our trust in his plan for us, for our church, and for our future.
Amen.